everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Pete Van Epps. Another special episode. Uh, this is part two of the conversation I had with the president and CEO of Camera Brooks, Chuck Alvarez. Back two episodes ago on episode 116, we talked about defining the transition and specifically the transition from the military to corporate America and what that looks like. On this episode, we talk more and focus on the power of comparison. The, the idea of having the power of choice in order to make the best decision amongst many options. You know, one of the things we get into in this conversation, how do officers value amongst many choices and people make decisions in either isolation or they make decisions relative to other things and relativity and relativity is a powerful tool because just like in the military, we are trained to evaluate multiple courses of action. And, and in this podcast, we really talk about the idea of circumventing that process and making a decision in isolation is a very quick way to diminish your ability to anticipate trouble in the future, a very quick way to introduce unnecessary risk in your career choices. And so Chuck has over 53, he's helped over 5,300 military officers move from the military to corporate America. So he's sharing his experience, what he sees day in and day out over the last 25 years in helping military officer transition. So wealth of knowledge. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, if you want to know more about us, if you want to know more about Cameron Brooks, simply go to our website, Cameron-Brooks.com. Tons of information, tons of content and media that you can use to evaluate choices as it relates to making the move from the military or potentially I should say making the move from the military to corporate America. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Chuck. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Chuck, back for another episode. Thank you for taking some time out of your schedule to, to do this for me and for us. In the last episode, you talked about making decisions in isolation. And it really dovetails nicely to an article that you shared with us and with the team by a lady named Colleen Roller. It's called The Power of Comparison, How It Affects Decision-Making. And it really is kind of the anti or the antithesis of making decisions in isolation. And she scientifically describes why com comparison is so powerful. So the broad question first, because I want to put it in the context of military officers who are leaving the mil military officer, leaving the military, getting into corporate America. Well, I know I remember my conference and the, con the conference I went to was in January of 2003. I can tell you almost every minute of that conference. It's extremely memorable. Why is the Cameron Brooks Career Conference so memorable? Yeah, I think it's an awakening. I mean, I, I still remember, and this is a long time, this is 30 years ago. I can still remember, Pete, leaving my conference, well, coming to my conference from 287 Infantry up in the 10th Mountain Division. And I was a senior first lieutenant, you know, because I got out in an early out. So, you know, and all the lieutenants in an infantry battalion all know each other, you know, really well and and uh, good friends and all of that. And I remember I was the only JMO from my battalion to be at that conference. So a lot of people were watching, you know, they were thinking about getting out and what they were going to do. And I can still remember coming back to them and, and sitting around in the three shop with a, with a bunch of super sharp lieutenants. And uh, I said to him, you guys, 
I felt like there was so much going on out there outside the military. I felt like I hadn't even been alive. I was like, what are all these things that are happening? We know, we know nothing about because in the world of the military, we, we know so much about the military and it's so all in all encompassing. And, and I, my father was a business person. So, I mean, I, I came from a business family, but still for that entire time that I was in the military, just so focused on, on the military that I just, I, I just remember being so excited about learning about all these different industries and in a way learning the marketability of leadership across so many companies. I, I just, I talked so much about, I talked more about leadership in four days at a career conference than I ever verbalized. Now, certainly in the military, we led a lot, but we don't talk a lot about it. And so I, I told everybody, you guys, you got to go to a conference because there is so much happening out there. This is the best way for us to learn the applicability of, of not only what's out there, but really the applicability of what's out there to our own choice set, to our own ideas of what we believe is a good fit for us. Right. I think I went from like, zero on a 10 scale of knowledge of what was a fit to to a 15 on a 10 scale in five days. And and I think everybody has that sort of awakening, Pete, in their own words, right? I give you mine, but I think military officers that go to a career conference with tons of videos on it, it's always, you know, nobody ever says like, you know what? it ended kind of the way I thought it was going to start. Like I, I really, I didn't really learn anything. Nobody is going to say that it is going to be 100% on the other side. I think to the, we're using their own words, of course, and their own experience because all, all people are different, but, but some theme around the fact that, wow, that uh, I am so much more capable now of understanding what it is, that I want to do, not only in my transition, but I think what we talked about in the last video is in the process of going through that comparison. I think you just, you strengthen the choice set, your own definition. So therefore, as things start happening to you, it's so much easier to stay the course because you're so much more knowledgeable about not only what you're doing now, but how it relates to some of the things that are out there. Let's back up. I want to because I want to I want to start by understanding the point of decision making from that article and from your experience. Describe for us, especially in the context of a military officer, how do we actually value something? What is the means by which we place real value on choices? Yeah. Well, in, in a choice, a choice, whenever you're making a choice on a, on a career move, I think you're I think the the, the simplest isolation decision that a person can make context they can use is the past, right? Cause that's what you have. You have the past, you have where you came from. So uh, I still find it funny that I told Roger Cameron in, in September of 1991 in my interview with him that I wanted to be within a 10 hour drive of Washington, DC and, you know, I've spent the last 26 years and raised my kids in, in, uh, in Texas. Um, and I had never, I mean, that, that wasn't, you know, I wasn't even anywhere on my radar. And so I, I think it's funny how we, 
you know, my, my idea was, well, I, I'm from Washington, DC and, and uh, you know, I'm half Irish and half Hispanic. So, so I, you know, I kid around that the way, the way Irish and Hispanic families express love is that they, they want you to live like not even in the same city. They really, you know, my, my Irish mother would love for all the kids and all the grandkids like live on the same street in the same neighborhood. So my idea was that, you know, I, I would, I would have a market um, and I told Roger Cameron that I would, you know, 10 hour drive of there would be fine. And I used 10 hour driving because, well, I'd driven 10 hours in the military. So you use the past as your context. And, and I think in a, in a, it's all you got. And so the beautiful part of a career conference and a much larger comparison of options is that instead of, instead of your isolation context being, well, let me compare this job is within a 10 hour drive of DC. And I am, I've been driving 10, Fort Drum was within 10 hours of Washington, DC. So that, that must be good. I must value that. That must be something that works. And, you know, a person ends up making a decision, a career decision that way. And obviously there's no sustainability in it because the past is not going to sustain the future for you. Whether something is a good choice has much more to do with the value that that choice provides you, not relative to the past, but relative to what you're doing right now and relative to the other options that you have in front of you. So I think that's the value of a really good career search and good comparison is that nobody at a career conference is going to talk to you about the military. You're going to talk a lot about the military, but within the context of what you're going to do in business, nobody is going to educate you on the past and in the military. They're going to educate you on things that are forward for you that you can do in the future. And I think the future is really the whole reason why people are getting out of the military. Mm -hmm. So I think the, our model is to take comparison, looking out over what's possible for you in the future and very quickly getting you out of the isolation of making decisions with what you understand uh, from the past. When you see officers, let's say, you know, 10 to 12 interviews at a conference, something like that. When you see officers, when you see officers comparing multiple options, what happens from a kind of value assessment? How how have you seen officers assign value in the context of 10 interviews or 10 opportunities or 10 companies or 10 industries? Well, and it's it, and this is there's science in this. I mean, you, you you were talking about Colleen Roller. There's science in this. This is not this is not conjecture. This is not uh, opinion. The the people make decisions either in isolation or in relativity, and and relativity is a very powerful tool. We use it in the military, in in the in the army, and we were trained to evaluate three courses of action in a battalion planning process. And so the, the whole purpose of decision-making is to be able to compare three courses of action relative to each other. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and maybe there were even times in the military that, you know, all of us were like, ah, oh, let's just shortcut this thing and, you know, pick course of action one. And we would like mess around with other courses of action and, you know, circumventing that process and making a decision in isolation is a very, very quick way to not be able to anticipate something that's going to go wrong. 
it's a very quick way to to incorporate a lot of unnecessary risk. Same with career choices. So, you know, you're sitting over here, I can make this decision in isolation. I did an internship. I like this company. My friend works for them. They're in a good location. All those things are in isolation. Or at a career conference, the power of comparison is you un, is is you compare A to B to C to D to E in those 10 interviews, Pete. But what's so interesting about it is that you really understand a lot more about what you like about A because it's different than B. And but what you really like about B is different than C. And so, so all of a sudden you end up in this choice set with just this level of awareness of what matters to you. And it's the process of relativity and comparison that is going to strengthen your own knowledge of the attributes. It is going to bring awareness of your own career attributes that are most important to you. And the only way to do it is the comparison of A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, and H. And I think because yeah, group conferences have such broad choices in them yeah. that you often hear candidates on Tuesday night thinking like, wow, I mean, my whole idea of what really matters to me evolved tremendously in five days. That is because they are coming out of using the tools of relative choices and, the, and value is so much easier to understand when you've got A, B, C, and D compared to each other. One of the things you've said, and I've seen it myself, right? Somebody comes to a conference thinking, oh, of, the, of these 10 to 12 companies, this is the one I'd like the most for sure. It's in a great location. I recognize the name. It's functionally doing something I like doing. And they get to the end of the process and they're, that company, you know, maybe they still like it some, but they like other companies more. And I think that's really tied to what you just said, making decisions about what matters to you. Could you vamp on that idea? Why do people come to the conference thinking, oh, I'll just go to work for this company. I'll choose course of action A when, you know, they discover through the process. Oh, wait, that that's not as important to me. Yeah, it's because I think their context looks like this at the beginning, you know, their level of understanding. And all of us start that way, getting out of the military. You know, we have a much smaller context on on our choice set. And so we have we have we have values. It's impossible to not think about um wow, a 10-hour drive from Washington DC would be incredible. You know, like that we all have those values. And and uh, now our our idea is that, you know, you don't want to be pulling triggers on those values um because so often those values again are based on the past. And, and I think, so yeah, somebody comes into the conference says like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I really want to work for a company. And I was thinking, hey, that's great. A is a really good company. It's a company we're showing them, but we're always so much encourage them to go through the process. And it's hysterical to me how they'll get to the end of the process and they get in, you know, they really like A and, you know, but the, but the, the B, B, they also like, but they like A so much more. And then they end up getting an offer from A and B and they choose B. And, and it's really fun to participate with high-performing, high-potential young people that really have their whole, you know, they have their 30 years of work. I mean, if you leave the military at 30 and you work for 30 years, you're still only 60. And I'm 54 now. So, I mean, it, uh, I think you told me when I was 27 or 28 that, you know, that, that time would go by so quickly. 
I, I probably would have laughed, um, but it really does go by quickly. And I think it's just so great when you have time to monetize a wise investment. You know, if you if you are 55 and you call me and you're going to do a career change, I'm going to tell you, you, you really don't have much of a horizon to look out to because, you know, you're probably going to work 10 more years and that's it. And, and, but when you're, when you're 28 and you've got that much time in front of you, I think people start and they start looking at these different choice sets and start evaluating them. I think they look out so much further, Pete. They, they're just, they see, they get themselves out from the trees in front of their face and they start being able to see the landscape. And when they have that context and you have time because you are young and you're talented, the possibilities start availing themselves to you and the algorithms that you apply in your own definition of value just become much more rigorous and they really become a business skill set. They become your, you do discovery on a choice set that has to do with your options in the business world. And, and in the end, that's what's going to get you through the transition process. That's going to get you three to four years out of the military and into your business career. When I think things become so much more interesting anyway, because now you're a proven business person who just happens to have come from the military and you've got a track record now in your industry and in your company. And it's amazing the choices that start coming about the, the your ability to move around. And I think that's what got me. I don't know. I never really wanted to be in Texas, but the opportunity um, to, uh, uh, to have the career that I've had here availed itself with a move to Texas. And I think by the time I, you know, you start realizing nobody is going to drive 10 hours in the business world. You know, well, you're, that is a question I want to ask you. Please. How many 10 hour drives have you made since yeah. you've gotten out of the military? One, one on, uh, on, uh, on September 14th, 2001, I did it one time. And because uh, my because nobody could fly. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I only had two kids and they were with my wife in Colorado. And so I worked one night till six and got in the car that Thursday night and drove um, all the way to Colorado through the night. And, and um, as, as you know, Pete, I'm an avid pilot now. And my first logbook entry was uh, was like September 25th, 2001, where I thought after doing that drive, I thought, my gosh, you know, I need to learn how to fly a plane. And that, and so that's when I, that's when I began the hobby of, of, uh, of flying. But I always say to alumni and they always laugh too, because it's all, it always, they always know this. So you say to somebody five years out of the military, you'll know, you'll know that you're doing really well in your career because you'll set your Expedia settings for picking flights on direct flights. You'll automatically sort by the, by the shortest, the shortest flight route where when we're all getting out of the military, everything sorts by how cheap the flight is, but you, you know, you'll start to value time so much more than you, especially time with loved ones, you know, and I think the world gets smaller as as a result of that. And so, you know, we're in the central time zone. I can, I can be in the DC area in three hours. There are tons of direct flights uh, there. And so, you know, it's just, I just the idea of driving 10 hours, the fact that I thought that was my strategy is, um, you know, I look back and laugh at it. I wanted to I want to ask you one more question as we're landing, landing the plane, so to speak. Um, You talked about making decisions 
that matter to you? And one of the things I, I think I've always known, but never really considered how just how important and valuable it is, is the fact that every single officer that comes to a Cameron Brooks conference has a different and unique interview schedule compared yes. to everyone else. Every single interview schedule is designed. That's your word designed for every officer there. Share with me a little bit about why that's so important. In 26 years of doing this, Pete, there, and and I think I'm at 5,300 officers that I've personally placed, personally talked to. And and it's probably one of the most common themes. If anybody listening to this knows alumni that came through the program in the last 26 years, ask them how much time we spent together you know, at the end of the process, like me and that person discussing this, uh, this choice set that they have, but no two people in 26 years, even remotely remind me of another person. And, you know, we've done a lot of brothers and sisters too. So I always sometimes assume like we've done twins and sometimes we assume that, you know, I think like, ah, I think I already seen this movie. You know, I kind of know what's going to drive this. No way. They're not even close to each other. Everybody has a different um, choice set that they develop. And so, and we know that, and you, you spend a lot of time matching candidates, backgrounds. You know, we do it one at a time, one at a time. When we pick the, the interviews that a candidate is going to have at a conference, so much of the design, so much of the effort and the experience that we put into it is developing a choice set that is going to help that human being that high potential leader define for themselves what counts. And, and so, yeah, you know, there's, there's no cookie cutter here. I talked to somebody one time, uh, a PhD in artificial intelligence that I met who said, I think we could do this with a, with a computer program. And I was like, Hey, I'm all in because man, if there's a computer program that can crank this thing out, because it takes so much time to design those interviews person by person at a career conference, as you know, Pete, we're about to do it this whole weekend. We'll spend, you know, Saturday and Sunday doing it all day. Um, and, uh, you know, the, 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 there was no way, I mean, we started working on some of the brute forced algorithms, the number of choices that we're trying to make to develop that choice set. And there's no computer yet that can, uh, that can do that as well as, you know, human beings like us that have talked to these candidates that have really tried to get to know them as people. And, and then of course, leveraging decades of experience of knowing the different types of options that are out there and, and a, and a wide enough choice set that helps a person get the A to B to C to D to E to F comparison that we know is going to help that person determine what is most important to, to them in the process and therefore make a good decision in getting out of the service and going through that transition process that's going to work for them, that's going to launch their career and help them transition into a corporation, not just as an average performer, but help them transition into a corporation as a high performer, high potential leader. Speaking of decades of experience, thank you. I really appreciate you allowing me to leverage your experience to share with the group as to some of the things you've seen along the way. Super helpful. Thanks for carving out some time with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Pete. Thanks for letting me do it. 
All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I, ho I hope you enjoyed this episode with Chuck. On our next episode, my colleague Joel Junker is going to basically describe interview tips in and around the short and long-term goals question. So stay tuned for that. We'll be back with another episode in a couple of weeks, focus on some interview tips. Until then, take care.